Amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages. Amen. Sometime in the, in the 8th century in northern Italy, there lived a certain man named Paul. And he was both a monk and a deacon. And this man, even though he was primarily a historian, he enjoyed writing hymns for the church that were composed in the Gregorian style of chants. And according to tradition, this Paul, the deacon, as he is known in history, um, he was attending a particular service for Bright Saturday or Holy Saturday in the West, when suddenly he lost his voice. He lost his voice. And remembering that St. Zacharias, the father of St. John the Baptist, also lost his voice when he doubted the words of the holy archangel Gabriel, Paul the deacon immediately prayed to St. John the Baptist. And he asked him to restore his voice for the service. And immediately and miraculously, his voice was restored. And to honor St. John the Baptist after this miracle, Paul the deacon composed a famous hymn that reads as follows. So that your servants may sing with relaxed throats of the marvels of your works, dissolve the stain from their lips, O holy John the forerunner. 300 years after he wrote this hymn, there lived another Italian monk by the name of Guido di Arezzo. And even though his name is not familiar to most, the entire world is indebted to Guido de Arezzo because he is the man who invented the system of staff music that we continue to use today. And Guido de Arezzo also invented something called solfeggio. And this is the teaching of musical notes using syllables. And in fact, the most common solfeggio we know today is do, re, mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, and then you go back to Do, as it's popularized in the movie The Sound of Music. But there's something interesting. The first note, Do, comes from the name of the uh, deacon, Guido. That's where the Do comes from. But if you look at all of the other syllables that are in this solfeggio, they are all taken from that hymn composed about St. John the Baptist by Paul the deacon. Re, for example, is the Latin of the hymn, Risonare Pipris, Mi for Mira Gestorum, and so forth. And so Do, Re, Mi is based on a hymn to St. John the Baptist. And from this we learn that any person who, who enjoys or plays music owes a debt of gratitude to St. John the Baptist, whose miraculous hymn forever changed the study and the composition of music. Now why is this relevant today? It's because today we are confronted in the Holy Gospel with one of the most important figures in Holy Scripture and in all of Christianity, and that of course is St. John the Baptist, the forerunner of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that in mind, we ask ourselves today why St. John the Baptist is such an important figure in the Holy Church and in Scripture, what is it about St. John that merits this type of veneration? With God's grace, I would like to meditate with you on a few brief answers to this question. Firstly, we can say that St. John the Baptist is an important figure for us 
because he inherited a great spiritual legacy from his parents. And we all are used to this idea of inheriting a spiritual legacy for those of us who were born into the church, what we call cradle Orthodox Christians. We are born into the church because our parents are Orthodox and we are baptized and we grow up in the church. A lot of times we take this for granted, but when you take a step back and you consider just how many people in the world today do not know the truth, or as Jonah said about the Ninevites, they know not their right hand from their left hand. When you consider the vast number of people outside of the church, you realize what a blessing it is that so many of us were born in the spiritual legacy of the church. And of course, that's not to say that if you're not born in the church, you cannot enjoy the fullness of the blessings of the church. Many are baptized later, and they receive perhaps an even greater blessing because they come with their own two feet, so to speak, and they receive that spiritual legacy on their own by choice. But St. John the Baptist was born into such a spiritual legacy. And in the first Sunday of the month of Kiach, we learn that his father, St. Zacharias, was a priest of the division of Abijah, while his mother, St. Elizabeth, was from the Jewish tribe of Levi. And as you will remember, the tribe of Levi was the priestly tribe among the Jews. And because of this, St. John the Baptist inherited the Jewish priesthood from both of his parents. His father was actually serving as a priest, and the lineage of his mother was the lineage of the priests. And this is why when the priest in the Coptic Orthodox Church, even until this day, when he turns to the icon of St. John the Baptist behind me, and he offers incense before the icon, he prays silently, Hail to John the priest, the son of a priest. We remember this great spiritual legacy into which he was born. And not only was he born into this great spiritual legacy, but he lived a life worthy of it from the earliest age. From the time that John was just a six-month-old fetus in his mother's womb, he possessed enough holiness and enough a measure of the Holy Spirit to recognize the voice of the Holy Theotoko St. Mary as she approached with the Son of God in her womb. In other words, three months before his birth, without having any chance to reflect on his life, he was already a Christian. He was already a believer in the womb. And not only was he a Christian, but he was also in this moment the very first person to venerate St. Mary as the mother of God. When he heard her voice, he started leaping and dancing in his mother's womb. And so he was the first one, even before his birth, to recognize and to venerate the Holy Theotokos as the Mother of God. And this is why we read in the Gospel that he was circumcised as a member of God's people on the eighth day after his birth. He began this path of holiness and then eight days after he was born, he was circumcised as a member of God's people. And this, of course, is why the Holy Church baptizes infants, why we don't wait until they are older, why we give them Holy Communion from the earliest age in the church. We baptize infants because such children, like St. John the Baptist, are already believers. 
Before he was even born, his ears could hear the prayers of his father and his mother. And he listened to the hymns that they chanted around the home and in the temple. It's very similar, for example, to our brethren, even Lauren, who are here with Olympia, even before her baptism. Olympia has attended almost every liturgy in the church. And so from this moment already, she hears the voice of her parents, the hymns of the church. And from this age already, she is preparing to be a believer before her baptism next Saturday, God willing. The sound of St. John's parents' voices conditioned his soul to holiness. And this is what we do with our children even today. And this is why we stress to our beloved families and especially parents just how important it is to raise the children in the Holy Church. We have to teach them through all five of their senses about who they are and what they believe. They receive their faith from us. And yes, even attending church without explaining anything, even that helps. There is a famous Latin dictum that says lex orante lex credendi, which means the rule of faith is the rule of worship, or in other words, what we believe is reflected in how we worship, and how we worship reflects what we believe. So just being here and just listening to the hymns and reading the prayers and seeing the actions of the liturgy, that teaches a person what we believe. And it's the best preparation and it's the best way to develop your faith is to live that liturgical life. And this is one of the reasons why we emphasize that liturgical life in church is because the more we attend, the more we are imbibed by the Holy Spirit and the more we grow in our faith. And this is what parents should do for their children, of course. So this is the first reason why St. John the Baptist is such an important figure in Scripture and in the Church and for us even today. He was born into a great spiritual legacy and more importantly, he lived a life worthy of this legacy as early as three months before he was even born. Secondly, St. John the Baptist is an important figure because we see in him that he knew who he was. He had perfect self-identity. We read in the Gospel about how severely he was tried throughout his life, but not once did he ever doubt himself. He possessed an exceeding amount of self-confidence. And through the self-confidence and this strong sense of self-identity, he called a whole generation of Jews to repentance and baptism in the Jordan River without thinking twice. In the Gospel, we see that he is not afraid of the Jewish political leaders, despite being harassed and ultimately put to death by them. He did not let the world affect his identity in the least. He was born into a great spiritual legacy, as we said, and he had a clear mission to fulfill. And there was nothing in the world not even the threat of death itself that could change who he was or what he knew he had to do. The same person who began his life by leaping in the womb of his mother when he heard the voice of the mother of the incarnate Son of God uh, was the same person whose life ended by beheading, by martyrdom, for the sake of the incarnate Son of God. 
And in between these two moments in his life, the beginning and the end, there was no fundamental change in his personality. He was constant. He was the same. And so this is the second reason, perhaps, why St. John is such an important figure to us, because he models for us this perfect self-identity. He knew himself and what he was called to do, and he never doubted or changed himself for the world around him. And this is, I believe, a very important lesson, especially today, when we are surrounded by people all around us who seek to influence us. As I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, now they don't even hide the fact. Now people on social media, they call themselves happily influencers. Their goal is to influence you and to change you and to detract you from your great mission as a Christian. But of course, St. John the Baptist teaches us that we have to have the same strong self-identity and not go to the left and to the right, but to stay constant and to never doubt until we reach the end. For our Lord Jesus Christ tells us, he who endures to the end shall be saved. And so we have to keep going and not look this way or that way. Thirdly, beloved brothers and sisters, St. John the Baptist, we said he knew who he was. Similarly, he's a great and important figure because he shows us also that he knew who he was not. Because he had such a clear understanding of who he was, St. John knew clearly who he wasn't. When we read in the Gospel, we can see how many people asked St. John about this. The Jews sent priests to him asking, who are you? And St. John confessed openly, I am not the Christ. And so then they asked him, are you Elias or Elijah? And he replied, I am not. And then they asked him, are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Frustrated, they asked him to say something about his identity. Well, who are you then? And he simply responded, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And this he quoted Isaiah and Micah, and he told them that he is the voice of one crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord. And so we see clearly how St. John was faithful to who he was. He did not try to be someone else. When he recognized his cousin, our Lord Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, the Messiah for whom all generations had waited, he simply said, he, Christ, must increase and I must decrease. And in this we see how his self-identity came from his relationship to Christ. He saw himself through the lens of his relationship to Christ. That's how he knew himself truly. And that is another, I think, important lesson for us today. We oftentimes try to define ourselves by so many things. Maybe it's our culture, maybe it's our language, maybe it's our profession, maybe our gender, maybe whatever group we belong to at school or at work, or we define ourselves by our hobbies. But St. John the Baptist clearly defined himself in the correct way, and that is through his relationship to Christ. That's how he saw himself first and foremost. 
All of the other things like culture, language, gender, hobbies, etc., those things come secondly. But firstly, he saw himself as a Christian through the lens of his relationship to Christ. And this, again, is a very powerful example of how to identify ourselves, to have the self-identity um, that can lead us uh, towards the kingdom of heaven. We learn that from St. John. And so this is the third reason why St. John the Baptist is such an important figure for us. Just as he knew who he was, he also knew who he wasn't. And so today, as the church places St. John the Baptist before us as an icon of someone who was born into a great spiritual legacy, an icon of one who lived worthily of this legacy, of one who knew who he was, and as a result also knew who he wasn't, we ask God to allow us to imitate this example, to live a life where we likewise know our legacy, know who we are, know who we should not be and avoid it, and continue our journey toward the kingdom of heaven. Through the intercession of the Holy Forerunner, St. John the Baptist, may the Lord have mercy on us all, and glory be to God forever. Amen.